This episode brought to you by Team Stripes Academy. Learn from some of the top officials in the world. Start today at TeamStripesAcademy.com. You're listening to the Team Stripes Podcast. The podcast for hockey referees. Each show, we discuss the world of officiating and find out that not everything is in black and white. Here's your host, Brandon Bourgeois. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Team Stripes podcast. We have a special guest coming to you today. He's actually a repeat guest and many of you would have heard his episode that we did probably uh, six months ago. Uh, Today we're bringing to the show Mr. Wayne Bonney and Wayne is a pretty accomplished linesman. He's uh, worked over 1,600 NHL games, uh, multiple playoff games and he's, he's had a terrific career. And like I said, he joined us in the podcast a few months back. So, uh, Wayne, welcome to the uh, program again. Thank you very much, Brandon. So, uh, Wayne, it was a pretty fun time. We chatted last time. I think we talked about, obviously, your, your storied career, but I think we also talked about, you know, a few stories like the uh, all the all-famous uh, day where, I guess, you worked two games, and we had a lot of uh, popular feedback. So I'm, I'm really happy to have you back on the uh, program here. How are things going with you? Everything's good. You know, I can't complain. I live in Phoenix, so the weather's pretty good, so I, I don't complain much. Yeah, and as uh, Wayne was saying, he came from the uh, from the good city of Ottawa, and uh, uh, no no issue against people from Ottawa, but it's a bit colder than it would probably be in Arizona. So Wayne, I think I speak for the listeners when you know saying you made a pretty good decision to uh, to spend your time down there. Yeah, I agree. But in the summertime, when it's 120, you guys might say it a little differently that I'm I'm uh, it's a little hot down here in the summertime. <laughs> So, uh, Wayne, we in the last episode, we talked about a lot about your career and kind of your take on the game. And I was wondering, we have a couple big stories that have come out recently. And I wonder if you may be able to shed some light and kind of give some of the listeners a perspective from somebody who's, uh, who's you know, reached those higher echelons of officiating. So um, one story that came out today is, uh, I'm sure you've heard of it, is is with the Federal Hockey League. And there was an owner that actually confronted some officials after the game regarding a disputed goal call, which, you know, I don't think anybody, it, the call doesn't matter. I think the whole idea of a, you know, uh, an owner confronting officials is, is way out of bounds. And the uh, assigner actually decided to take his officials off from all future assignments. I wonder if you might be able to share some, some thoughts, some uh, thoughts on that. Well, Brandon, I, I heard about the story today and that's, uh, I mean, it's, I mean, it's. I understand coaches, players, and uh, owners getting uh, uh, frustrated or excited about it, allow allowed goal, disallowed goal, or whatever it is. And we have to all keep our emotions intact. I mean, the officials do not want to make a mistake anytime they're on the ice. And unfortunately, if it's a disputed goal and, they, and they're not in the right position for whatever reason, uh, it's human element of the game. And then. I also understand on this situation, this is not the first time this situation has happened. And Gene is a hell of a guy, and he's, he's, he supports his officials. He was a good official, and you'd love to work for him because he backs you up 100% all the time. And if you have any problems, he teaches you, and he's a great teacher. And for him to withdraw his officials from that league, it's got to be pretty bad. I mean, obviously, like I said, I only read it this morning. I, I thought I read that it had happened before, and there's no tolerance. And you know what? It's just like anything. You tell young officials, you know, try not to be 
do your job. Don't be a nice guy. I mean, if you're doing a linesman, you're a linesman and you're letting the wingers come in from behind you and you keep letting them do it, the players are going to take as much as they can. They're going to go until you blow the whistle. And obviously, this, like I said, this happened before and it's crossed the line and nobody should touch an official at any time. No matter how bad they make the call or whatever it is, nobody should touch an official. And there's other ways they can go around it. The owner could phone Gene, talk to him. Maybe, you know, they could talk and discuss why he should have, shouldn't have been there, whatever it is. They could suspend him, whatever. But there's no tolerance for touching the official. And so, again, I'm repeating myself, but I understand this has happened before. So you have to make a stand. And until you make a stand, people are going to push and push and push and it's an unfortunate situation and obviously i don't know what's going to happen uh i know i have read in the article that there's six more games with this team and they put a letter out or a text out or an email out to young officials that they would like to come and referee the last six games um, i think it's wrong you're going to get people that are going to cross the leg across a line and come referee or officiate because they like to do it or they love to do it they don't have the ability to do it so be it. I mean, it's wrong. I mean, it, I, I I always have the opinion, you know, when you're you're when you you go on strike for a certain reason. When we were on our NHL OA, people crossed our line and they went and worked because they wanted to work in the National Hockey League. I always I always say to the people that cross the line, what would you happen if you went on strike and I crossed the line and worked against you? And people people are saying, well, I want to work in the NHL. Well, you know what? So do I, and there's a reason why we went on strike. There's a reason why Gene did this. Yeah, I mean, it, it's amazing. Like, I, th- I think this is this is all over the news today in terms of, you know, especially the officiating world where everybody saw the story. And I'm wondering to you, it, what is it so, I guess, maybe surprising that this is kind of one of the first stories and you kind of alluded to the NHL away, you know, uh, I guess, experience, but... Do we need to be seeing more of this? And you know, you know, I guess maybe officials taking a stand or assigners taking a stand to really react to, you know, these type of events. I mean, should this be something we see more often, or do you think it's it's more of a, you know, because of the particular set of circumstances in the, in this case? I think if you go back twenty years ago, it this might have happened every every five or six years, once or twice, because society has changed. I believe that people don't have respect for other people. I mean, you go back, I'll use a police officer. If you go talk to a police officer who's been in it 20 years in the, on the police force, he would say, well, in my first five or 10 years, I loved it. Now people don't have respect for police officers, just like people don't have respect for officials. They expect, people think they should be entitled and society's changed and I'm glad the officials are making a stand. And, I mean, like I said, if you don't stand up to it, it's going to continue doing it. And, it, and this guy, whoever hit the official or pushed the official or whatever he did, he should be entitled to be where he is, no matter if he's an owner or not. It's just one of those things. It's just they have to make a stand, and it's just society's changed. I mean, everything's changed in society. There's no respect, and everybody thinks they're entitled yeah, and I think that's a great point, and it's something you know certainly something that we kind of hear around the ranks too is that there's just the level of respect, and I, I don't know, you know, what's the reason behind it? If it's kind of the culture nowadays, or just you know everybody, you know, it's it's kind of a win at all cost mentality. But I think I, I I don't disagree that we see that kind of changing attitude towards officials, or even you know 
authority figures, like you mentioned, police officers. And I'm wondering, like, is this just something, you know, as officials, we're just going to have to kind of stick up for ourselves for? Or do you see, a, you know, a possible solution here to kind of help out the game and improve that sense of respect and, you know, integrity out there on the ice? I think that the officials have to back each other up. I mean, you're on the ice, as you know, as an official, you back yourself up, you're a team, you're the third team. So if anybody challenges you, obviously you get your back up and you say, hey, I'm doing my job. I don't tell you how to play hockey. You might not like my opinion or you might not like my judgment, but that's it. We try to do the best we can. I mean, it's just, again, I'm going back. Society now, everybody thinks they're entitled. And then everything, everything's on, on uh, video now. Everything's on your telephone. And it's just... It's just unacceptable. And nobody takes uh, responsibility for what they do. I would like to know what this owner or person, I don't know if it's an owner, I thought it was, but it could have been a coach. I'd like to know what he's going to say later, that he's sorry, he shouldn't have done it. Does he take responsibility for it? I just don't know. And it's just, it's unfortunate. Again, I'm going back to, you go back and look at the teachers when they teach kids now. I imagine it's different now ten years than it was 15 years ago. Again, people don't take responsibility for what they what they do. Yeah, and I mean, when, yeah. you know, drawing on your own experience, I mean, you you were obviously around the game of hockey for, for many years. I mean, were there incidences in in your career that that kind of you know evoke memories of this type of of, of thing? I mean, I think you know most listeners will think of that that famous Koharski incident where you know it led to Sean Feld being suspended and then obviously you know with all the court injunctions and all that it led to you know replacement officials having to come in for a game I mean looking back at your career can you think of you know incidences that that occurred that you know kind of evoke the same sort of you know feeling I guess well the only example I have I was in Minnesota way back Bob Ganey was the general manager and there was a happened to be a play in front of the bench I was beside it and one of the Minnesota players stick came up and I thought that he hit another player on the other team we called a major in the game misconduct. And after looking at the replay, I was completely wrong. Bob Gainey didn't like it. He, he approached us at the end of the game. He gave his opinion. He was very heated. He never touched me. He showed respect, but he was heated. And after we see the replay, I went to Bob Gainey and said, I apologize. I thought I was right on the time. We don't want to make mistakes. And after it was all settled down, we I apologized because I was wrong. And I, I believe... If you make a mistake, you should stand up for it and tell the truth. You might get bad. I mean, the consequences might be really bad if you admit to it. But you know what? That's part of the game. I mean, you don't want to cheat anybody. You want to be fair, and uh, and that's the way it should be. And that's. I mean, I, I probably probably had other situations where I've been not abused. Nobody in hockey, in the, I can honestly say, in thirty some years, I've been pushed by a player, but. He's come and said sorry. I don't think anybody has crossed the line to what, that extent where we got the general manager or the, or the owner do this. Yeah, and I'm I'm just curious, Wayne, because like obviously you had a, you had a, you had you had a lengthy career and an impressive career on the ice, but obviously you also had a big role in, me- in mentorship and in developing officials. And, you know, I think a lot of us think of, you know, those those mentors and the supervisors and coaches as, you know, really pointing out technical components and, you know, things like positioning. But, I mean, the the, the kind of the, the, the integrity aspect and sort of the standing up for yourself, is that something that you kind of worked into the, to the, to the stuff that you teach, you taught your officials moving up the ranks? Oh, without a doubt. When I started... Uh, 2004, I, I was, I had to retire. I had to get new hips. And 
in 2005, I was offered a job with the Central Hockey League down in, in, in Phoenix here. The office was out of here. So I was hired by them. And I remember my first training camp. I went and, and there was like 30 or 40 guys at camp. We're talking and we're going over all technology, uh, uh, technical stuff, what we like and what we don't like. And the one thing I stressed to the officials was never lie to me because I'm going to defend you until the end. I will do everything to protect you. I will do everything. But if you lie to me and I defend you, you're gone. And we had one situation during the year, one official lied to me, and I found out uh, two weeks later that he lied to me, we fired him. And you can't, you can't defend the officials. I mean, I tried to defend the officials right to the point of no, no return. And I tried my best to always defend officials. But when I defend the official, he lies to me and I get caught and they prove it to me that I was wrong. I have to put my tail between my legs and say, I apologize. And this official is going to be fired. And once that happened after like two weeks into the season or three weeks into the season, my officials never lied to me. They, I had officials told me, he says, I know I shouldn't have done this and it's going to get out. So I'm telling you right now. And you know what? I respect that. Uh, everybody's going to make mistakes, but don't uh, just the integrity of it, the whole thing is that's all it's about. Yeah. And without uh, turning this into kind of like an episode of Oprah or whatever, but like, I'm curious to know, like what part of that is just, you know, giving them, you know, those, those skills of integrity and honesty. I mean, what part of that is developing them as a, as an official versus developing them as a human being? I mean, do you see it part and parcel or were, were you focused on more the officiating side or were you focused more on the, on the personal growth side? I mean, where does that, where does that, that those values of integrity kind of fit into what you're teaching these officials? I think it starts right from your mom and dad. And if your mom and dad brought you up with respect and, and 99% of the people have, uh, they demand respect. Don't touch things that aren't yours. Uh, call everybody by Mr. and Mrs. If you find something on the floor, if it's not yours, turn it in. Show respect all the time. And if you're taught that, it's going to be with you for the rest of your life. As a human being, it doesn't matter what kind of job you have. It has nothing to do with officiating. It's just the way you've been brought up. And it just pulls, when you do, when you're talking about officiating, it just turns over. It's part of the job. And it's just, the integrity and I, it all starts from your mom and dad. Yeah. And uh, switching to another story that's, that's been in the news quite a bit. And I think, you know, it's not necessarily a story that's just coming out recently, but something we've been hearing about quite a bit. I mean, you look at, you know, the officiating ranks across the professional sports, the, the major ones here, at least in North America and the NHL is the only one without an NHL or sorry, with a, without a female official in the ranks. And this has been in the, in the news quite a bit. I know you're, you're a good friend, uh, Paul Stewart had a, had a comment about this, um, about, you know, it doesn't take an, an XY chromosome or something to that effect to officiate. I, I wonder if you might be able to give your take as somebody who's been at the NHL level. I mean, do you see the role, uh, you know, a future, I guess, with female officials? Um, you know, is there more of a, of a preference for maybe a referee versus a linesman? I mean, what, what are your thoughts on, on that? Well, I think, I think women should be entitled to do anything they want. I mean, you saw back a few years ago, the, the, I think it was Tampa Bay Lightning. I could be wrong on the team. And they had a goal, a female goaltender, didn't they? Yeah. And she, and she, I don't know how long she played for. And I believe that if, if a, a woman has the ability to work in the NHL, she should get a job if she has the ability. Now, I have a, as a referee, 
I think as if they can skate and call the game and judgment wise, I think that's great. I think if they have the ability, then they should have the opportunity to referee. When it comes to linesmen, and I'm not saying all women, but when you get into an altercation or physical uh, fight or anything like that, I think, and don't get me wrong, I don't think women are strong enough to break up certain men that are huge. And I just think women have a better chance as a referee getting to whatever level they want to get in. If they want to do the American League, uh, East Coast League, or whatever league it is, I think it's easier. It's it's they, it's a better way to go is to be a referee. Not that they can't be good linesmen, but I just think uh, physically, I don't think the women have the stamina and the strength to break up men that are pretty strong. Yeah. And I hope yeah. I hope there's and I hope women that are listening don't get mad at me. If you can prove me wrong, more power to you. But I know how tough it is in the National Hockey League and how strong these guys are. And I know they th- and I was fairly strong. I know they threw me around, and I don't know many. Too, I don't know too many women that are as strong as me. Uh, I know a few women that can skate just as good as me, so they can probably be a better referee than I am, but maybe not a better linesman. So I, I think I think it's great that there if there's an opportunity for a young lady or a, a woman to get into there, more power to her. Yeah, and I'm wondering too. Like, I mean, kind of you know talking about the subject of linesmen altogether. I mean, you know, I think we see that obviously the NHL is changing and it's kind of going away from maybe this, this style back in the, back in your heyday, back in the, you know, when, when it was a very gritty league and lots of fighting and now it's becoming more of that skill game, which I think many would argue was a good thing. But I'm wondering, is that changing the role of a linesman now? I mean, I think, you know, it was always, I mean, I, I could be wrong, but you think of, you know, how they used to recruit linesmen, like you kind of alluded to, a, a lot of it was, you know, based around strength and being able to sort of, you know, handle fighting situations, but I'm curious, like, do you see the role of a linesman changing now to, to really adapt to Completely. that new style of speed play? Yeah. Completely. It's changed a hundred percent. You know, at back in our day, uh, we had, there was nothing, we'd have two or three, an average was two or three fights of a game over the whole year. I mean, you might have a 10 or 15 in one game, but overall the average was two or three fights. Now you get, I mean, I don't know the statistics, and I have, I don't watch a lot of hockey anymore. But uh, the little bit I know about it, I mean, the, uh, I've talked to Jay Sher, who's my friend that's retired, and he said to me, "Is there's they don't fight anymore? Maybe you get one fight every fifteen or twenty games, and that's and if that's the situation, then you got a, a young official, a lady, a woman that wants to referee in the National Hockey is a linesman." then more power to her. Her ability now is better than it was back in my day. So, uh, like I said, there's not many fights anymore. So, uh, on that note alone, there should be women in the league then if they, if they change it that much. I mean, it, I, I, I think it'd be great. Yeah. And I'm just curious cause it's, it's funny too. Cause I mean, I like, again, I wasn't really around back in kind of these, these, these days where, you know, you talk about the Semenkos and all those guys that were, you know, going around and all these fights that were happening. But, you know, I think a guy's, uh, you know, uh, the name's escaping me right now, and I, I shouldn't be, but uh, Ray, Ray Campanello. I mean, he wasn't a big guy, but he would be able to break up the fights. I mean, I mean, what what role, I mean, does the size play into breaking up these 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 fights versus, I guess, just knowing how to how to deal with them? I mean, how important is that is that size to to really managing these brawls? Well, it's technique, how to break up altercations, and how to handle people and everything else, and 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 that's a learning experience. And Scampi was one of the best at it. 
he's not the biggest man. He was fairly strong, but he's, he, I mean, again, he wasn't as strong as a John D'Amico or, or myself or uh, a few other guys, but he had the technique, how to break up a fight and how to talk to players and settle them down and, and things like that. That's all learning experience. And then it's, uh, and, and, um, and, but back in the day, that's when he started, everybody expect, expected that. Then back, back in the eighties and nineties, all they hired was like a Shane hire, uh, uh, Mike Civic, Jay Shear, Brad Lazarevich. These are all guys six foot five higher. And now the mode has been the officiating has changed where I've noticed that the last couple of years they've promoted hockey players. And it's great that hockey players are in. They have the skating ability, they have the knowledge of the game, and they just have to be taught. And if, if we're talking about women coming into national hockey, they can be taught. It doesn't matter how big they are now. Like you said, uh, there's less fighting now, and there's no reason if they ha- if they have the skating ability and the ability to get it. I mean, sometimes they don't have to have a fight. It could be a lot of pushing and shoving. You still have to have strength and ability to break up altercations. And I'm, I'm trying to think. I don't even know if last time we touched on in our previous podcast, but I mean, like you can't go anywhere in, in the officiating community and not talk about what you just mentioned is, is kind of the whole goal of getting – former players into the league. And I mean, I think there's strengths to it. I think there's challenges to it, obviously, you know, anybody that's gone through the ranks and, you know, kind of worked their way up through minor hockey to junior and kind of done the whole gambit, I guess. I mean, it, there's, there's, there's an art to learning the, the you know, how to officiate. And, I, and I'm just curious to, to get your take on it. I mean, do you, first off, do you think it's a good thing for the league to kind of adopt this, you know, recruit player strategy? And do you think there's like, there's like potential, I guess, down downsides to that strategy? Well, there is, there is, uh, two sides of it. I mean, when, when we were, when I started younger, we, we refereed hockey and is by experience. And I, I, I played, I was lucky. I played junior hockey, so I knew how tough it would be. I, I knew where the referee was on the ice and I knew what I could do when I, when he wasn't looking. So I learned that playing. Uh, there's a lot of officials that are in the United States and Canada that never played hockey or they might've played hockey up to Pee Wee or Bantam and they decided to referee and they learn they they teach themselves how to referee and, but they were never in, in the game. They never know what it's like to be in the corner, how I might give you an elbow or I might spear you. Uh, they think they know what they're looking for, but they really don't know what they're looking for. So on that note, you have, we have retired hockey players that are in the American Hockey League of the East Coast League. They're, they weren't good enough to make it to the NHL, but they have the skating ability uh, better than a lot of young officials. They knew, they know the game inside out. They know where to look, where to not to be, what to do, and all that stuff. They've been taught that. Now, that's the way the National Hockey League wants to do it right now. So be it. All I say to young officials, so if you... If you have a comment or you get junior players or whatever they are, or you junior officials saying, I don't think it's fair because the NHL is picking ex-hockey players. Well, I believe if you're a good official and you're going to make it to the NHL, you'll be there. Don't use that as an excuse. If you're better, if you think that you're a better official than that hockey player, go and show the NHL that you're better. So I, I don't, I don't believe I mean, I've heard officials, I've done the East Coast, not the East Coast League, and people have come to me and said, well, what do you think about it? Well, you know what? If you're a better official, show them. 
Mm-hmm. If you're not a better official, they're going to keep the, the players. I mean, and that's also about they're looking for the best. I mean, I've been over the years where they, where I've heard people say uh, when I was in the Central Hockey, well, they like the Canadian guys better than the American leagues. Well, you know what? Terry Gregson was the boss at the time. Steve Walkham is the boss now. Now Brian Lewis. They don't care if you're a Canadian. They don't care if you're American. They're looking for the best officials to work in the National Hockey League. So right now they're going through a stage where they're picking players and the players have the skating abilities. Maybe they don't have the ability to call the lines, but they're willing to tolerate them and teach them. So all I can say to the young officials that are out there that are, have a goal to go to the NHL, more power to you, but prove to the National Hockey that you're better. So you have to be able to work and skate and get to the finals, whatever your league, whatever league you're in. And if you're the number one referee or linesman in that league, the National Hockey League is going to look for you. If you're not in that caliber, don't complain. Make yourself better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, th- I think that's 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 unre- that's that's great advice, and it's something that's super practical. And hopefully, the listeners tuning in will will appreciate that and and really take that to heart. And uh, Wayne, we'll let, we'll let you go. I mean, you know, we really appreciate your time. And I'm just curious, kind of a, a random question, but I know you were obviously involved with the Central Hockey League for some time in terms of developing officials. And I'm I'm curious, like, you know, some of the guys and you know that you would have worked with. I mean, I'm I'm sure you you tune into the NHL games nowadays, and you see some of your I don't know if you want to say proteges, but some of the guys that were were under your wing. And I'm wondering if there's any guys that stick out to you that you know you know were, were part of your your development period, I guess that. That are not doing well in the NHL. Oh yeah, there's a. I mean, there. John McIsaac's doing well. John Grant was hired for a few years as a linesman, and then they let him go. Uh, Freddie Leckwee, he's been there. I don't know, seven or eight years. It's just, it's amazing to see how well they've developed. Uh, they were, they just had it. These guys had the knack. They, they knew where to look. They knew when to call a penalty, and you either have it or you don't have it. As the people would say. Back in the year, it used to be the it factor. Well, you know what? Uh, I hate to say it. It's just like being a hockey player or being an official. You have it or you don't have it. You know where to look. And sometimes a lot of it has to do with luck. And Freddie Lequy, John John McIsaac, uh, John Grant, they had it. And, And they were one step ahead of somebody else that was competing. And it's one of those things. And it's just, uh, it's, it's great to see them. And I wish the John and uh, Freddie all the best. Uh, I've talked to John Grant since he's been retired, and I wished him all the best. And he's in, he's into real estate now, and he's doing a good job. So, I mean, it, it's I love it because these guys fool me when they come back. And another guy is Brandon uh, Garowich. Uh, I was out of the Central League, and he was working there. But I, in his last his first two years, he would send me videos, and I critique him. So it was nice to see him move up to the ranks and do a good job. And Jake Brink is another one. I I wasn't with the Central League, but he sent me videos, and I critique him that way. So it's great to see them. And all those four guys I just mentioned, or five guys I mentioned, they phone me when they come back. Once a year, they phone me just to tell me what they're doing, and it's awesome. And, and, and they're there because of their ability. I help them, but they're there because of their ability. They have the talent. How quickly could you identify that these officials had what it, take to, or had what it took to, to move forward? Okay, all the officials when I worked in the NHL, they had a nit factor, and the reason, and then the guys that I mentioned in the Central League, they had the it factor. And I'll tell you what the it factor is: I'm 
go in and I, let's say I talk to you. I come in the room and I say, Brandon, this is what I like you to do. You say, thank you very much. I never say it again. The guys that don't have it or that are close, I'm going to have to repeat that two or three times. <laughs> That's the difference. That's the difference between a great official and an average official. And that's the difference. And all the ones that are good in the National Hockey League, and you look at the players and rephrase the player, all the great players, you don't have to tell them anything more than once. The average hockey player that's on the third line, he's being told more than once, not the, not the superstars like a Mario Lemieux or, or a Gretzky or Iserman, Messi. They only have to be told once. And that's the same thing with the ability, all the officials that are in the National Hockey League and the four young officials I mentioned that were in the Central Hockey League. I only had to mention everything once. I tell Freddie something. He says, thank you very much. It won't happen again. Same with Brandon. Same with John Grant and John McIsaac. They were just unbelievable. And that's the difference between a great official and an average official. It's just you don't have to repeat yourself. They, they're, they, they take it all in and they learn quickly. Well, that's no, I'm, that's incredible advice, Wayne. And we want to thank you again for coming on to the show uh, for your second time. And we'll have to make that more times as we go along because I think this is golden in terms of the advice you're given. So, hey, really, really appreciate it, Wayne. Um, and we'll have to make sure we stay in touch and get you on the show down the road. Well, uh, thank you very much for having me. And like we talked earlier before we came on the air, I think it would be great if you can get Brian Lewis on. He can give you stories of how the NHL OA got started. I think that would be a great story for young officials to know what they did and what they had to go through to make an association. So I, I can't thank you enough for giving me the time. It's it's nice to talk to you and talk about a little bit about hockey. Down in Arizona, we don't talk a lot about hockey down here. <laughs> hey, well, we'll see what we can change around there. 